All right, well, we, uh, like I said, we're doing a series called At the Table, and we are taking just a few of the prayers in the New Testament. Um, if you want to follow along on Bible.com, you can do so, you version notes, and it has actually the, the, the prayers that we're going to be discussing um, for the upcoming weeks. Uh, next week, I believe we're doing Colossians chapter 1, and the final week of the series, we're going to be taking John chapter 17, which is Jesus' prayer right before he was crucified, um, which is just a powerful prayer that he said for all of us. Uh, but today, what we're doing is we're jumping into Ephesians chapter 3, and we're going to go verses 14 through 21. Before we start by praying, which is how we normally do our teaching team, we got together on Tuesday and just talked about how last week went. And we felt like it went well, but I don't feel like we really captured what really happens on a Tuesday morning. Because on a Tuesday morning, we, we are kind of rude, to be quite honest with you. We interrupt each other, we get in each other's face, we challenge each other. And so we have kind of talked about it, and we're going to try to do that to a greater extent um, this week. Um, And so we were too nice to one another. We we get in front of everybody and and just want to be super nice. But um, we want to kind of, again, try to give you a feel what what happens on Tuesday because, man, the Holy Spirit starts to move in all of the interruptions and in all of the, the back and forth that we have. What begins to happen is then the Holy Spirit begins to just move and give us great insight and um, wisdom to know what to bring to you guys. And so... um, I'm going to read this prayer, and then we're going to go ahead and jump uh, in, into praying. So in chapter 3, verse 14, it says this, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with the power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ might dwell in your hearts through faith, And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, (coughs) may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is worked within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would join this conversation. And may it not just be a conversation with the five of us here at the table, but may every single person that is in this room right now enter into this conversation. And God, I pray that you would give us insight and wisdom to understand this prayer that you had Paul not only pray for the church in Ephesus, but I believe that that prayer was for every single one of us. So God, I pray you would, you would stir in our hearts divine inspiration and revelation. Lord, we uh, thank you for tonight, God. We just ask that you would speak through each and every one of us, Lord. Have your way um, just to, to not have it be of our own minds, Lord, but just help us hear what you want us to hear, God, in your scripture and in your word, Lord. Uh, just give us revelation um, and just uh, we want to do what, what you want us to do, God, with, with your church, your body, your people, Lord. God, we thank you for your love and the fact that this prayer, we could hang out on the breadth and height and depth and width and everything for, for days and weeks and months to come. And so we just ask, Lord, that you would begin to unpack 
not only what your love is and does and means, but God, download the revelation of how to walk in your love, how to grasp what that means in our day-to-day lives. And we just thank you so much that you do extend love to us, even when we're so undeserving. God, you are so faithful. Lord, we pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear what what you are saying to us as a church, to us as a a body about your word. Lord, you, uh, you, you promise to illuminate, to reveal, to speak to our hearts about these things. So we ask you to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Um, Joe Johnson has um, the microphone for you guys. So as we go into this, if if the Holy Spirit sparks something in your heart, um, just lift up your hand. He'll catch you and he'll run the mic over to you. And we'll just have you interact with us as we go through this. Um, I I got a question as I'm reading through this, guys. Um, For this reason, I kneel before the Father, um, whom from whom every family in heaven and earth derive its name. I'm not a visual person. Um, so maybe you guys can help me out. When you, when you, when I was reading that, what do you guys picture? I, I mean, because I, I really am not visual. I don't see things. I just, it's words in my head. But I know many of you are actually very visual. So when that is read, what comes to mind? What, what do you guys see? I think any, and, oh, hey, check, 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 check. <laughs> <laughs> I think, uh, well, I'm not used to the microphone because we're usually, I'm in, on this phone, yes, <laughs> calling in from the road. But I think um, I just feel like he's giving you know reverence of like I'm gonna nail down, and it's it's um, reverence of all creation, every family, you know, every name, every creation is is all from the the Lord, and and just starting there. Um, I I think the visual would just be like, okay, Lord, it starts with you, and everything, every one of us, and who we are is from you. We're your creation. You give us our names. Um, you tell us. Uh, you've created us. We're your artwork, as we talked about last week. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm just going to start there. Yeah, I think it's uh, one of those powerful moments where Paul, previ- in just early in chapter 3, he is basically talking about just the fact that God's called him to preach and teach. And he says something right in the middle, man. It's so powerful. He says... I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. And then he, he, I think he's just in this awesome moment of, man, I'm worshiping the Father because I get to teach and and share the unfathomable riches. I mean, unsearchable riches of Jesus. And he's, I think, just honoring the Lord, and it's worshipful. I love the fact that when he's worshiping the Father, that um, part of his worship is praying for the people that he's gone out to. I actually found myself thinking, I need to do this better from a from a pastoral standpoint. Is that I need to I need to kneel before God on behalf of this church, and in a greater level. And and just how cool is it that Paul actually does that for us? It's just amazing. I'm going to answer your question with a question. So when I read this, I was thinking, when we read therefore, we always know that we go back. Have you ever heard for this reason? Do you reference those before it or after? Like you know what before, I'm saying? like mm-hmm. what is it mm-hmm. there for? What? No. So <laughs> whenever you read therefore, it's what is it there for? <laughs> for this reason. For? What is this reason? Yeah. For what? this reason. Seriously. What's the reason? Yeah. No. 
that what you're saying? Is that yes. What you're saying? Is it in the scripture that comes before? Because right before that is really rich and deep theological truth that's being presented. And then he says, for this reason, and then goes into what he's actually praying. So, yes, I was just wondering if you had heard, when, every time someone says therefore, they reference what was before it, but I didn't know if you had ever heard for this reason. Is it the sandwich? Is it before? Is it after? I always look at what's before. Like, so if it says for this reason, I look and say, what was the reason that he was just talking about? You know what I'm saying? He must have just said something. And when I look at the paragraph before, and I see um, in verse 10, where it says, here's Paul talking, and he's like, his purpose, God's purpose. Whenever I read that, I'm like, okay, stop and pay attention. Because if he's like literally telling us, you know, God's purpose was this, then, you know, there's enough times that we kind of are asked to read between the lines of scripture. But here's, once in a while, it's like, it just comes out and like, hey, his purpose is this. <laughs> like, this is... We're just saying it in plain words. So his purpose is that now through the church, through God's people, the manifold wisdom of God uh, would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms, so spiritual powers evidently, according to the eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God had this purpose from eternity, and then it goes into talk about it a little bit. In him and through faith in him, we may enter God's presence with boldness and confidence. So I ask you not to be discouraged because of my sufferings for you, which are for your glory. So I just love that, that he's talking about, oh my gosh, here's God's eternal purpose. And it kind of ties into that idea of that we can enter his presence with confidence, you know, that he's our high priest. It kind of makes me think of Hebrews 4, the great high priest that, you know, has gone through everything as we have yet without sin so we can approach his throne confidently. Darren, will you? Yeah, no, I, I, I agree, and I read that too. And I, you know, in my version, I was looking at the word freedom, and I'm like, okay, we can approach God in freedom and in confidence, that boldness. And it's so, you know, I imagine at this time, you know, Paul's writing this letter of encouragement, he has a prayer, and I realize at that time, it's such a shift in their mind of like, okay, you're right, we can approach God now in freedom and in confidence. And the Gentiles can do this. And that's what the whole the whole title is, right? God's mm -hmm. marvelous plan for the Gentiles. I'm like, okay, that is me. That's Which is us. good news for all of us, by Which the way. Which is good news for all Unless of us. Unless you're a Jewish in here, this is really good news. Right. <laughs> yeah, but to be able to say that uh, and to, to say, look, you know what? This is for everybody now. Mm -hmm. We all have this access and we all have freedom in this and confidence in this, which... I think he's trying to reiterate that because I imagine once you f forget this or you didn't see this letter or you're in Ephesians, you're in Ephesus, and all of a sudden you're back to the, the normal day. You walk out and you go back to your day-to-day -day of kind of the Pharisees and everyone else that's still there, and yet there's this new, you're right, like I am one of the Gentiles and I am part of this, and I can walk and connect in freedom to the Lord. Thank you for what Jesus has done. And that just kind of blew me away. And I think this part here, it says the, this mystery is that through the gospel, the Gentiles and their heirs together with Israel, members together in one body uh, and shares together in the promise of Jesus Christ. It's like you are, you're not just a part of this, you are grafted in and you are an heir just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. That was that was verse five and six. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, that was uh, yeah. That was verse chapter three. Yeah. Yep. Chapter three, six. Well, that's huge because 
in every other religion, as I understand it, the message is don't be confident before God because who do you think you are? Mm -hmm. Like, who do you think you're... Perf how perfect do you think you are that God's always going to listen to you, that, that you have his ear? Who do you think you are? Most of the religions would say being humble means, well, I don't know. I, I, I offer up these prayers and I, you know, whatever, but, but who knows? I mean, I guess if God feels like it, he'll listen to me. I think in Christ is, turns religion on its head because it's not about us. It's not about how good we do or our performance, right? Um, it's about Christ. It's about his perfection. So we're invited. It's the opposite. We're invited to have confidence in him. We're like, oh, my God, you know, come in as sons and daughters. Come into my presence, not like beggars, like, you know, sneaking in and, and hoping we don't offend the master. Come in as my sons and daughters, and, and let's talk and tell me what you need and come find grace, mm -hmm. right? Okay, so that's good, but I'm going to get back <laughs> on to the prayer. See, this is what happens. We get off on all kinds of things. We have gone the other way. We're supposed to go 14 to 21. We're yes. going 14, 13, Dan, 12, 11. Really important. Just, yeah, I love that. Uh, oh, yeah, there we go. More light. Can we turn the back lights on too so we can see out um, to the back? If somebody could hit that back switch back there, that would be great. Um, okay, so for this reason, all of these things that we just spoke, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and earth derives its name. I actually found myself, while I'm reading this too, thinking about last weekend when we talked about the Our Father. Man, it ties, yes, does that tie in right here? It's just absolutely amazing, the tie in there um, for, for me as I was just reading through that. But then it goes, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established so it may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. Um, I read this many years ago. And I remember having this thought about this section of scripture. So many times we want the power of God to move in our lives. And we focus in on verse 18, that we may have power with the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long. But in verse um, 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. And I felt like the Lord showed me that before we start praying for the power to move inside of uh, the church or even in us individually in an outward expression, we have to receive the power to understand how God sees us in our inner being. Mm -hmm. And that we have to grab a hold of who he says that we are. And we've got to grab that before we try to go after the power, the gifts that God has for us and the things. Um, and so, I, you know, as I'm reading through this, I was just reminded of what God showed me many years ago about that um, and, and just how powerful that is, that, that God wants to empower us. I, I believe it's his greatest joy to come and touch each one of us and give us an understanding of the power that's inside of us in the Holy Spirit. And, Sorry, I just took off on that. You know, in the, in the Amplified version, <clears throat> so you have to say it really loud when you read the Amplified version. So I'm going to say it super, super I'm so loud. glad you said that. Okay, so somebody last week asked me, is Rob really that quiet at teaching I, team? I am. I don't know. And that. he is pretty quiet at teaching time, but he does come out with these, these one-liners still. So the Amplified. Are you going to say it really loud? It says, himself indwelling the innermost. <clears throat> Sorry. I get confused. No, it says, uh, going with what you said, this is really, I think, insightful. 
it, there's a little paragraph. When you read the, if, you, if you're not familiar with the Amplified, it has little paragraphs that'll just sort of add to more understanding. So he says, himself indwelling your innermost being and your personality. And I just thought, that's the most, that, that goes with what you just said, man. It's like Jesus indwelling us. It's his power, but it's through your personality. It's through oh, my personality. Good. Christ so in you, the hope of glory. He, he wants to give us his life so that he can live his life through us. But the key is as you, as us. And I, I never saw that for, for a long time. I was trying to be somebody else. No, you being yourself is where the power of God manifests in such a powerful way. And it's so unique and so diverse. Because going back to verse 10, it says the church is the one that's the principalities are seeing the wisdom of God through us, whether we see it or not. And my IQ isn't that high, so I don't think that he sees much in me, but I know he does. All right, next, please. It's interesting to me that you brought up verse 10 where it talks about through the church because I just looked it up for verses 14 through 21. In the Greek, it's actually you, plural, not singular. And I think when we read it, we read it for me, you individually, but it's actually talking about the church and the body as a whole, which goes back to your message on even vulnerability and how all of that works together mm. with us diving in and saying as a whole body, as a whole church, that we will be established in love, grounded in faith, and sharpening one another in those things. That's interesting to me. I Dude, that's blowing my mind right now because I've always read that from a personal standpoint that I pray that you and taking that in individually may have power together with the Lord's speak to grasp how wide and long and high and deep. And we've even taught it. Man, don't you want to know how wide God's love is for you? For And yet, I think the revelation comes when we get this, mm-hmm. when we all comprehend this, this aspect of this. Well, it has that phrase in there that I know you've sh- shared on, Dan, um, that says that um, you being rooted and grounded in love will have power together with all the saints. Mm-hmm. To comprehend the length and width and, you know, so, so even there, that phrase is telling us, man, God's heart is for us to experience this together. There's, there's things that we can only discover and experience together that I'm not going to experience just in my prayer closet, my individual walk with God. You know, it's only going to be, uh, as, as family that God's going to. Okay. So a great discussion question when we teach this, this coming weekend. Yes. What would it be? Would be, how do we. How do we understand together how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ? How do you guys see that happening inside of the church together as a body? What comes to mind? Right here. I think maybe part of that is being able to recognize that, like, so having been in in another culture, I think that there's sort of an individualistic like mindset here in that it's automatic that, and I've always have too, I've always read this verse and many other verses like personally for me, whereas most of those verses actually have to do with corporately with the church. Mm-hmm. And so thinking through, you know, rather than like, like what is God's best for me personally in my walk, in my life and what's going on with, with me, like, you know, how do we 
how do we like look start looking at it and saying like me within my family and how can I bring God's power down into my family and me within my church and how is it that like whatever God's gifted specifically me with how can I bring God's power back into my church and how how can I bring you know God's power back into my my marriage and in every other collective way you know how how can I become less about like you know what God can do for me and more about what I can what God wants to do through me for the collective uh, member as a collective member of the body that I'm a part of so Mm. What if what if we, as a church, actually came to the weekend service? Hey, Joe, right here, Jackie has something. Uh, what if we, as, as a church collectively, actually came <clears throat> with a, a, a preparedness of what can I bring to help somebody else understand his greatness this week, and and almost kind of prepared for the for the church service? I, Mason Greaser's not here, and normally he'd speak up right now, so I'm going to speak up for him. <laughs> He told me the other day, he goes, he goes I love what, what's happening at Shine Church. He goes, there's one thing that, that really frustrates me. And he goes, you oftentimes say, what if, what if? And he goes, when are you going to start just telling people this is what we're, we should be doing? I mean, and I was like, dude, you, you, have, you, you challenged me even on this. So what if we prepared next week as a family or as individuals to to actually have something on our heart and in our mind to actually bring two other people inside of this church. Okay, we'll go Jackie and Neil. Go ahead, Jackie. Cool. So I want to add to what you've said, too, because sometimes, yeah, in America, we're so individualistic, and I think we can treat the Bible as an individualistic piece of learning, but sometimes when it's not even a family unit, like, say, I live with my husband and all of my roommates, and we're all Christian except one, and so that's... How does that guy even live in that house? <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter uh, of time, huh? Non-agendaed friendship. Oh, I'd love it. <laughs> that love is it. Okay. my answer to that. But um, they, they, being in a community like that, they support me doing my, my non-traditional work so much. And it's to, it's to where the good things that God wants for you, living in a community where they support that, they become automatic actions instead of, okay, let me make a list to make sure I do all the things. But when you have other people around all just doing them, it's the same idea as why people get their friends to go on a diet together. It's like it <laughs> makes it automatic. Yeah. Um, this really sparked in me um, in First John. It's, there's so much about love in First John. But in First John 4, which there's a whole section on God being love. But it says in here that um, those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. And those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. And so I thought that it's a very interesting double. Like, it's actually a mm -hmm. command from him. Not just, this is how we're going to understand it, but this is how we have to do it. We love God when we love each other well. That when, 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 we, when we shed, and, and love being not that sticky feeling, but love being that thing that, prefers another person or blesses another person or calls out or serves another person. 
And so if we see each other as God, because God's in them, it, it, can, it changes our dynamic. But we actually, it, the Bible tells us we can't love God if we're not doing what you're challenging us to do. So go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, and I think on that, as you're, as you're talking, this is the, the challenge, I think, for us, right, is that, and you, you hit it, I think, I forgot your name, I'm sorry that you Jackie. spoke, Jackie, but we live in that society to where it's very individualized, and if we looked at 50 years ago or even 100 years ago, it was so much more of a culture of coming together. Mm-hmm. Now we live in this society of separation. Even though we're connected, we're really, <laughs> we're really not. Right? We're actually more lonely now than we ever were. So it's, it's how do we get to that? To your point, like how do we then step into that to love others first um, and look at them versus ourselves? But being able, if we could really, I think, get a hold of that. I kind of look at it like, uh, and I think Rob hit it a little bit, we all have these different personalities. We all have these resources from each other that we need in order to be stronger and stronger together. And we can't make it without all of us bringing that together but i guess the challenge is how do you how do we do that right we start with love but how do we how do we do that it's kind of like saying we want to win the great commission but in order to do that or win the game in a different way but we need all the resources in the room and if we lose somebody or we can't figure out a way to pull the gold out of people and love on them and see that then we don't have that same strength of who we are I'm reading a book called, um, what is it called? Actually, I'm not reading it. I'm listening to it. But anyway, same thing. Um, But it's called Everybody Always, I think, by Bob Goff. And it literally has wrecked me, and I recommend that book for you listeners or readers out there. Um, But he uses the phrase, those of us that are becoming love. He basically phrases it that, that God has issued an invitation to all of us that have joined in his body to actually become love. And um, that just phrases it differently for me. I know, and not to go to First John 4, where you were, Angela, but it says the one who fears is not made perfect in love. But that word perfect, you know, we shy away from it. Like, oh, nobody's perfect. That just means made complete, mm-hmm. brought to its full measure, like to where it's supposed to be, like full tank. Like that's, that's a normal thing that God wants to do in our lives is make us complete in love. But, but the idea, back to your point, Darren, of social media or just the society we live in, I think we're so used to making choices. Like I can choose who my friends are on Facebook. I can choose who I want to have discussions with. Who I, you know, we can create all kinds of circles around. These are the people I hang out with on Tuesdays. These are the people that I choose to have coffee with. These are, the, you know, we're, we're we have so much control over who is in our circle at any given point in time. And if I get uncomfortable, I can just exit and either unfriend or unfollow or just simply just physically leave the room or choose to not be a part of that group or activity or, or whatever. And I think God is inviting us into this place where we kind of give up a little bit of that control of like choosing who to love and just recognize like, Lord, you've called me to start loving whoever. There was, a, there was even a, a, a little saying that Cammie and I liked years ago and it said, friends are the family we choose for ourselves. And I like that, but also it reminds me of how much I like to be in control. Like if I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, well, my siblings, I really didn't have control, but, but I'm gonna, when I grow up, I get to choose who I have over for Thanksgiving. And I think God is just constantly inviting us into a place where we're just um, 
just being willing to say, Jesus, like, let me be love. Let me become love. And let me do that with whomever is in my circle at any given point in time because you chose them to be, not even because I invited them in. I love it. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but just for context purposes, isn't Paul in prison when he's writing this letter? Mm-hmm. Yes. So you just asked a question, Dan, what would it look like if we were to come and, and give even though we can't or we're not in a position to? Um, I, it's impressive the way he speaks from a prison cell when in a place like that, you, you want to condemn, you want to, you know, you, you're, you're against a wall, you have nowhere to go. And, um, you know, for those that stood here that have served in our military, I, I think you know more than any of us that have never served what it means, what freedom means. And I think as a society and as a church, we, we sometimes err on the side of not knowing what it's to be a prisoner. And we don't know what real freedom is. And, and despite this man here, <clears throat> or you can use the example of, of <clears throat> Martin Luther King when he wrote uh, letters from Birmingham jail, uh, how these men worshipped and gave credit to their creator even in a place of, of, des- of, of desolation, of, of being alone. And so, and maybe God allows us to go to those places so that we refocus on him. I have no time to be a prisoner right now because I'm too busy. <laughs> but the reality is perhaps that busyness has me prisoner yeah. Do you see where I'm going? It well, can be, so, my mind goes all over the place. But While you're talking, so I'm, I'm thinking, okay, we don't understand maybe like those who serve our country, but you know what? Having a conversation with any one of them, it actually helps us to understand that freedom a little bit more. Maybe not to the extent that they have it, but we would understand it a little bit more. And I find myself thinking that if we gather together, and grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, that maybe each one of us in this room have a facet that God has done something just supernatural, maybe something powerful, maybe maybe met a financial need when you didn't have finances, and there's somebody who's struggling right now financially, and they need to hear that from you because they maybe haven't experienced that, but you have, and that could give them the faith to step out and understand how big God really, really is. There's so many different facets of just the, the beauty of God and what he does for us. Man, when we don't come on a weekend ready to share those things, we, we miss an opportunity to actually help other people see how great God is. Mm. You know, we lost a, a dog. Um, when did we lose Dixie? Like th- three or four years ago. <laughs> She's like, I'm not part She's of this. She's still in denial. I'm not She's part like, of this show. She's like, we haven't lost Dixie. What? <laughs> I am I'm, not part of this I production. Didn't, I didn't lose her. <laughs> um, but we had to put down our dog of one and a half years. She's a, a Cavalier, a King Charles Cavalier, and we just loved her, and, but we just couldn't afford the $800 a day incubator treatment that they told us she would need to even have a chance at survival. <laughs> 
and they didn't even know if that would work or how many days it would be, and we just had to make a very difficult decision. And on that day, we were um, just grieving, and some friends at the time brought us some chicken tortilla soup and like a bag of M&Ms and a little card, and it was like so crazy, like how that ministered to our heart, and it was just like one of those moments where, you know, how do we help each other understand how high and how wide and how deep is the love of God? Sometimes it's just by doing something so simple, you know, just um, dropping off a meal for someone or, or just a word of encouragement or, or ministering to someone who's had a loss in their life. I think that's one of the ways that we help each other understand how incredible God's love is. And I think that's part of his plan is that we help each other feel it not just like know it, oh, I understand, it's 1,500 miles wide, but truly when we need it most in our hearts, truly feel his love through, through each other, don't you think? Yeah, I've, I'm finding myself overwhelmed with the fact that Paul is saying this prayer, and, and um, I just am just hit right now, it's just, man, when I pray for you guys, this is, I mean, I would pray that you would get this, as I'm hearing DJ say that, that a simple meal brought so much of the depth of who God is. Church, grab a hold of this. Um, and I find myself thinking, man, Paul, I think Paul would be happy that we're having this conversation. That we're actually talking about this. Because, man, this, this is the love that Angela spoke of that the world needs to see. The you know, word, word says that they will know us by our love that we have for one another. That we'll have for, for one another. Mm. Over here. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, did you? Amy, say. Um, I was just going to say it was interesting. I was just explaining to someone um, last weekend about what I majored in in college, and it was called family studies. And what was really interesting about it was that it grabbed, like, psychology, sociology, all these child development, but every class was taught as the family as a unit. So it wasn't like learn adolescence and learn like what that does to a kid or me so much so as how does that affect the family. And so every, every unit was like family economics, like what does that look like in different areas of the country but as a family. So as you were talking, I was just thinking like it's literally, and as a college student learning that, you know, it's like a whole nother pathway in your brain that needs to be, to even learn that stuff because it's like, wait a minute, it's not all about me, you know. And it be took the eye out and it became we. So it was everything that we were learning became about we or how that affects us as a family. And obviously people use that for all different reasons to go forward in their career. But I thought as you're talking, it's like we have to learn that just like I had to learn the studies. It's a learned thing because naturally we're born, it's all about us. And then we live in a society like Ash mentioned, it's all about us, you know. And how often we bring that when we come in, but how we can, Jesus just patiently teaches us to turn from I to we. And that's what we're trying to do here, right? You know, yes. we're trying to be we, family at the table and thinking about one another. So it was just interesting connection. I thought like there are whole lines of study on how it affects a group or a family altogether, all these individual things not just one individual. So anyways, Good. just a little take. Hmm. You guys are so wise. I love hearing from you guys. It's awesome. I just wanted to spin off of what he was saying a minute ago about 
the context of Paul being in prison, this Ephesian church is a young church. And Paul, in, in his ministry, poured himself out and invested himself in these people. And here he is in prison, and God is doing something in his heart. I mean, he's, he's receiving from the Lord. And I'm sure he's getting reports. Some people in Ephesians are maybe doing all right. Others may not be doing so well because the church is still being battled by the enemy and various things trying to discourage young Christians. And for this very reason, Paul is praying that they would get this thing deep in their hearts and be encouraged by the Spirit and do the very thing that if it's going to work, it's going to work because you guys choose to make it work. You choose to do what I've done to you, invest yourself in one another in small ways with M&Ms or whatever it is. Today, the, the very thing we fight is our culture that gets in the way of the small type of ministry of making it work, encouraging one another, spurring one another on, you know, for the glory of God. And I think that's Paul as a, you can almost sense his pastoral heart coming through as he's writing this letter. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm praying for you that, that you'll, you'll do whatever it takes to, with the Lord's help to make it work for his glory. That's so good. And if we are in the process of becoming more like Christ, he is truly either the least or the most selective that we know, right? Because he's the least in that he will accept anyone, and he's the most in that he will accept anyone. So if we're becoming like him, then our net becomes much larger because we're not selecting based on our own bias or opinion or personality or whatever that may be we're more open to having a heart and a mind of Christ to say, I see a need, therefore I meet it, right? Mm. Mm. Okay, hold on. Let's get you the mic. So I find it interesting that we're talking about having God love us, but to me it's harder for us to love ourselves than to give love because it's so easy to give love but we also forget to worry about ourselves and to just be true to who we are and how to love ourselves because in our society it's kind of hard yeah so I, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm reminded of verse 16 again, that I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. And I think what you just said is a huge problem. We live in a society where people don't like themselves. Yes? And that has infiltrated into the church. Yes? And it is a struggle that I think every single one of us, if we were being absolutely open and honest with one another, being transparent. I think we all from time to time struggle with just even being able to like who we are, to actually stare at the mirror of ourselves in the morning and go, hey, I'm good looking. 
and I got this. I'm a son of God. Do you do that? Or do you like, oh, oh, gosh, no, turn the light off, please, and dim things. And, I, you know, and don't give me a five times mirror, right, because that would be terrible. I don't want any of that. And, and it's so hard to actually get that. And that is one of the reasons that that identity pillar that we feel like God has put this church, one of the four pillars of what we believe, identity, um, that is so important because until we can grab a hold of this and the inner being, but here's what's really cool about this prayer. Paul knew this about us and said, I pray that you would be able to grasp this. And he was saying, man, if you're walking with God, the thing you need to grasp first is to understand the spirit of God inside of you, the powerful spirit of God that rose Jesus Christ from the dead is in you and is speaking this to you. I love you. You're awesome. You're my favorite. And even in your personality, I love what you brought out, even in the personality that you have and the flaws that you have, I still think you are amazing. My caution in that, um, just I know everyone always, we don't ever know someone's full intention, right? So when we teach, we like to clarify specific things. My caution in that would be any time that our eyes are on ourselves and we take our eyes off Jesus, we've already lost it because we can only find our identity the meaning of our life, security, confidence in him, if it's godly and not of this world. So I can go ahead and look at things on the surface and think that maybe someone has all of these things together um, or whatever it may be. But ultimately, the second that we take our eyes off of him and we're now so wrapped up in self, we actually can't see this coming to pass because at that point we're not finding our power through his spirit. Does that make sense? I, I just think that there's a caution there in where our eyes are set. Well, because the pendulum swings from self-loathing to self-loving and, and we mm -hmm. keep God out of it. Well, I don't think, yeah, I think God offers us an alternative to loving ourselves. Now, I respect Justin Bieber. I think he's a great musician, and he says, go and love yourself. It's two weeks in a row now. You probably should. Have I referenced him both weeks? Justin Bieber. You heard it here first, people. <laughs> I'm answer. probably not going to reference him. <laughs> go ahead. But, but what, I, what I'm trying to say is, to your point, Duke, that we say, wait a minute, but don't I need to love myself first in order to love others? And there's a part of that that's true, but I think it's found here where it says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family, and in the Greek, that word pater is father, and patria is family. So it comes from, the word family actually comes from the word father, like literally like comes mm. from that word. And so he's trying to say, it's not so much that I have to love myself, like, okay, I got a successful, powerful, handsome, happy, successful, powerful, handsome, happy. <laughs> Sorry, Evan Almighty reference. Okay, watch it later. Um, looking Evan in the mirror. Almighty. Anyway, the point being, I don't have to try to love myself because to <coughs> Janelle's point, if I'm looking at my father... He's loving me. I mean, right? His love for us is biased. He is unfairly prejudiced towards us, right? Any parents in the room where you're like, hey, my kids, you know, like a little extra candy, you know, at Halloween or, or like first in line or, or they get a little extra something at Christmas time versus like the person down the street. Our God is biased in our favor. And so I think Duke, it answers your question. I don't have to wrap myself up in myself trying to figure out how to love myself. But I, as I keep my eyes on my father, He's bestowing love. He's bestowing identity because he loves me in spite of all my junk and 
flaws well, it's the power, and it's power through his spirit. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's the power through his spirit. Guys, Emily us. has something. It's like burning Come in Come on, her. Ems. Okay. Preach the word, Emily. Oh, Bring wait, it. somebody else? What? Keith has something. Oh, Keith has something. Oh, Keith. Well, you guys Emily. all okay. started talking about it while I was waiting for you. But, uh, um, yeah, I, it, it, the, the whole thing about grasping, I, I know I've had talks with Matt here and, and some of the other guys in our men's group on Wednesdays, but, um, you know, I, I've been a Christian for about 45 years, and uh, I don't think it was until maybe the last year that I finally grasped how much God loves me. Um, until you can understand that love, a, a love that would send his only son to die for you while you were still a sinner and, and before you ever knew him or wanted to know him, he loved you that much. And it's not about me. It, it, you know, there's so many people in this world that are so shame-based that, uh, that I'm not worth loving. I'm not worth belonging. I, I have nothing to offer, like you just said. And, and it's not a um, narcissistic thing where it's all about me, but it's when I can finally understand that the Father loves me that much that I must be worth something. And I must have something I can give back to others. Because he loved me that much. And I belong to the family of God. And, and when you finally grasp that, then it spills out. You can't contain that love. So in other, other translations, it says comprehend. And the word actually means, I was just looking it up as you were talking, Keith. I seize tight hold. I seize tight hold of, to arrest, to catch, to capture, I overtake, I perceive, or I comprehend. Are you taking hold of how great God is? And Keith, to your point, when you say the God's love for me establishes my value, you know, they say something is worth whatever someone is willing to pay for it. Right, the, the 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 collector establishes the value of the item being collected by by how far they're willing to travel, how much they're willing to bid for it. So our father thought we were worth Jesus, the Lamb of Heaven. So I think that's a starting point to say, wow. And it's not us saying, look at me. It's saying what you're saying, Keith. It's being humbled that he felt we were worth that, and we're going to let him be the the establisher of worth. Yeah, you know. Um, okay, I was just thinking about this whole process, but it's basically already been said, but just the fact of we try so hard to love ourselves, but we never allow God permission to love us. I feel like there's so much we've blocked off, like we have our own weaknesses and we have different things that we um, feel like are going to hold us back or we're not completely honest with ourselves and honest with God. And this whole this whole process he goes through of kneeling before Jesus, he brings everything to him openly and gives him all of the weakness, right? And just being honest with that, and I think that begins with also being honest with each other and allowing other people to love you in those places as well. Because if you can see that people can still love you, you realize as well that Jesus can still love you through it. That's so good. Oh, man, now here and we go. when it says this love that surpasses knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. There's 
And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. There's knowing, and then it's what says being filled with the fullness of God. That's the confidence, is being filled with the fullness of who he is, even if it goes beyond our human comprehension, which is really hard to try and receive that. But it's because when we are full of him, when we're filled with him, then we don't actually have to work for that. That's good. And to piggyback on all three of those last statements uh, from you, from, from Keith, right? Uh, and Emily. Uh, to tie all those together, that what you were saying is we're tying into the love that surpasses all understanding. You know, that's the, that's the main thrust of this prayer. You know, we're talking about what it looks like as a church to come together to show this love, that, uh, the, the breadth and the depth of the love of, of God. But when it talks about it, you know, the, the follow-up is that we're, we're trying to look at that and see that and to know the love of Christ, right? We, we are demonstrating this love of Christ to each other, but it really is, like, like was said, that it, it is the love of Christ that we are trying to understand and trying to grasp and the thing that we're coming together as a church to understand and grasp. And we, and we can try and show it to each other and, and we can try and demonstrate it for the purpose of the church as a whole coming together to fully know what Christ did. And, and that's the prayer is I, that we got that. And I want to say thank you to all of you because it's, it's, it's happening here. Um, I, I want to tell a little quick, quick testimony. Um, I got with um, a, a friend of mine now. Uh, pastor Mike Colley, who's New Covenant uh, Larkspur pastor, and he gathers, uh, you know, he's part of the pastor prayer on Thursday morning, but he and I have kind of connected hearts. And so we got together lunch a couple weeks ago, and he was telling me about his small groups. And he's like, man, our community is our small groups. And I, and I told him, I said, well, we're thinking about trying to put together some dinner parties at the beginning of the year. We're not sure if that's where God is leading or not. And he looks straight across the table and this is what he said to me. He goes, he goes, Dan, I don't know if that's from God for you. He goes, because everything I'm hearing about Shine Church is community happens at the weekend service. This is another church in the community that is hearing reports about what's happening inside of our church. I don't even know how he's hearing that. This wasn't things that I'm telling. I just, I just think we're starting to really not starting. You guys are doing this. You guys are just living in community together, and it's just awesome. So I'm going to have Jackie and Ashley talk, and then we're going to wrap up because I know it's, uh, it, it's getting, it's been 6.30, so we'll wrap okay. up here. So just a short thing as to what, as to what you <coughs> said earlier about emphasizing when you are focused on God, you don't have to attend to self-love in the sort of manic way that much of culture now encourages. I had a youth leader once at the program we were at when we met who said, if you fail to find out who you are in your 20s or when you're young, it opens up some serious room for the evil one to do some work on you. Yeah, because he d begins to then define who you are, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, again, um, if you could pass it to Ashley, that's, again, why... It's so important to us that we would understand our identity in him and how he sees us. It's in him and how he sees us because we've got to grab a hold of that in order to then come and actually help each other in this room to understand how the great 
how great God is. And here's what's really cool is in the flawed nature of that process of my maturing into the, my identity and how he sees us, um, God can still use that to help one another out in the middle of that. I, I was just, I, I just kept on thinking with all the different comments that were going on that one of the things that, um, that, that God's put on my heart lately is just like really allowing, allowing people to like to speak into my life too, because it's so easy for us and it's, it requires zero vulnerability to speak into someone else's life. But that love and being able to love God and be loved by God fully is allowing people to, that you would, that are unassuming people, right? (laughs) Um, That you wouldn't normally, I don't know, maybe um, naturally go to, to allow to speak into your life, to, to speak into your life, because the, the divine, um, you know, the Holy Spirit, God is inside of them, right? And so, I, I mean, I know we both have stories about our, our safe house, and, and <laughs> Nanny spoke all this stuff over this one girl who was just struggling with, like, her identity issues, and he made her repeat over and over again, I am loved, I am beautiful, I am blessed, I am, like, just, like, repeat these things every time she said I'm ugly or whatever. And one day I was struggling, and she just said, Thea, or, like, Aunt Ashley kind of thing that they called us, Thea, you are loved, you are blessed, you are beautiful. And I just, like, burst into tears, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're right. Like, you know, and, and being able to hear that from someone who has been through something differently, I think that takes vulnerability to be able to accept, wow, God is speaking to me through someone I would never have assumed, you know, that he would put spiritual authority over my life into. And I think that has to do with us developing into the ability to be able to love other people as well. I love that. I think it's cool um, that this prayer that we know and experience God's love is sandwiched between in verse, um, oh man, 16. I think it's verse 16. In verse 16, it says, I asked that out of the riches of his glory. So that kind of is talking about like, I like hearing that. Do you like hearing that? Like riches of God's glory. Like there's a warehouse full of the good stuff, right? Like we're not like scraping at the bottom of the barrel here. There's riches of his glory that enable what's coming, that what we need. And then right after this, it says, now to him who is able to do infinitely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church. So I love that kind of like, you know, it's, it's, it's digging at this, man, we need to experience God's love to know it, to show it. I think I heard you say, know it and show it and experience it together. But it's like at the beginning and at the end, it's reminding us, man, there's riches of his glory. His power is immeasurable. You know, he's the one that's going to do this in our lives. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you that um, God, this prayer that Paul prayed many years ago, um, God, still applies today. May we understand the inner, in our inner heart, in our spirit, the power. Give us the power to understand how you see us. And God, help us to understand that once we grab a hold of that, we can come prepared each and every Uh, place that we're at. It doesn't even have to be at church or on a weekend, but it could be in every situation that we have. We can begin to help other people to see and help them to grasp as they help us grasp just how wonderful you are. And ultimately that we would just begin to see this unbelievable love that you have for us. And God, help us to comprehend it not through how we feel we should receive it or how we are worthy, but solely through how you see it, which is you love us as your children. And God, that 
begins to then stir in us and it gives us just an incredible understanding of how good you are. And so, Lord, I pray if there's anybody in here that has been listening to this conversation and this discussion and maybe for the first time is hearing that you love them, God, I pray that you would confirm that in their hearts and in their mind. And to that individual, I speak to you and say this, God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus. Mm-hmm. And the word of God says that if you will just ask him into your heart, he will come in and he will begin to lead you and and guide you and begin to reveal his love that he has for you. But you do have to make a step and that step is to say, Jesus, come into my heart. I believe that God sent you for my for my well-being and so that I could understand how my heavenly father sees me. And so, Lord, I pray that if there's anybody in here tonight that needs to, to understand who you are, God, make yourself so real to them. And Lord, we thank you for that. God, I thank you for this family. I thank you that, um, God, we don't have to just do this on a Saturday or Sunday, but God, we can do this in our own home. We can sit around our own table with our own family and with our own friends, and we can open up your word, and we can just have incredible conversations uh, that you want to lead us into. And Lord, we thank you for that. So we give you glory in your name. Amen.